0: What is going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buddies Talking Tutties. I'm Rodney. I'm here with Brandon.
1: Hey, we're back.
0: Glad to be back. And yeah, man, we have a lot of stuff to cover this week. So just a reminder, we're always going to be on Spotify podcasts and Apple podcasts. You can go check us out on there uh, anytime or you can go to Anchor and see us on that page as well. I want to give you guys a quick update on how we've been doing these things and apologize for the inconsistency. We tried at we at the start of the season to do these on the same night every week to bring a little bit of predictability to it. And we were trying it on Tuesday nights because it seemed to work best with our schedule. And then a couple of weeks happened where we had to flip-flop based on the guests that were on the show. So here's what's happening. As we keep going with this podcast, we're trying to get in a flow that not only works best for us to do it, like between content creation, recording, and editing, it's a long process. It takes about eight to nine hours worth of a process just to get one of these things out to you guys. So with kids and life and stuff, it's just it's just tough to time that up. Yeah, absolutely. And we also want to find out an optimal day that you know when it drops, people are most apt to listen to it immediately. I know in a perfect world you want. many options as possible like as early in the week as possible so you can listen to it whenever you want to during the week but we're just playing with it you know we're 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 learning as we're going with this thing this year and uh it's friday of this week and we're just now doing it which is going to have its perks by the way before we get done with this based on what we're able to cover but uh we're also learning this app that we're using through anchor and we're finding out if it's what we want to move forward with long term in recording these and Last week's episode, just to give you guys perspective, I spent maybe six hours editing that episode because I kept getting glitches on the post-edit material, and I'd have to go back in and redo things. It was a nightmare. So needless to say, it's been a learning process, but it's all moving towards a better product in the future, so we most definitely appreciate your patience. All that said, Brandon, it's been an exciting week, bro.
1: Dude, it's been exciting and sad all in the same time.
0: (laughs) Some it's people been... have definitely been sad. Ugh. You might be one of them, but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, first, before we get on to any recaps or anything, we kind of had another spike in the trade market over the we past week We certainly did, a half. man. We yeah. did. And some big trades, for that matter, um, which is why I'm glad we held off till today, which is, like I said, Friday, to do this because it's allowing us to talk about all of the trades that have happened to date yeah. and we're going to have to wait a whole nother week to come back around to them so we're going to cover some of those and not to belabor this podcast we'll just do quick analysis and win lose or break evens on it and just to preface this teams like jake and myself who are now humbly bowing out of the race for contention are now in rebuild mode so that is- yeah that, as that's, that happens that's sometimes in this
1: part a good place to be in the season, though. <laughs> it's definitely, right?
0: definitely not a good place to be, but here we are nonetheless. Uh, and we find ourselves making more moves, more acquisitions, more trades. And as people get uh, voted off the island, I guess you could say, and knocked out of contention, uh, you're going to see more and more of that up until the trade deadline. So I think this is the beginning of many, many, many more trades as people – Jockey for contention this year or positioning next year. So
1: 100%. Okay,
0: we got some trades to discuss, and we're kind of going to do them chronologically uh, so that we don't miss any. And we're going to start with one that actually happened last week. We recorded with Casey on a Thursday night during the games. And right after that podcast, it seemed like a trade with his team and Jason's team dropped. And I'll call out the trade real quick so everybody's fresh on it. It was Casey agreed to trade Kareem Hunt, George Kittle, C.D. Lamb, Alan Lazard, and Dak Prescott over to Jason for Tyler Higby, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, and Tom Brady. Brandon, that's a lot of names. It's a nine-player trade, a lot to cover. Be brief with it, but tell us what your thoughts are.
1: Dude, that is a lot of names, my friend. I was shocked. It happened not too long after uh, our podcast on uh, went on Thursday night that we did, mm-hmm. and I was shocked actually to see that um, <laughs> Jason Burton, Jason on Las Vegas Wolfpack, just recently traded to get Devonte Adams, and he didn't. I I can picture it in my mind where he literally walked in the door, <laughs> almost sat on the bench, and walked right out.
0: Who was, and, that, who was it that was that sent the uh, the meme or whatever of someone like walking in a room and then they turn around, walk back out? Exactly. And say, I think on that was Jason's Josh.
1: Team. He didn't um, even start a week for him. Didn't even start a week. And it's Devontae Adams, y'all. Devontae. This is not like trash. He's like really good like, at what he does. It's like buying a Lamborghini and never driving it, just turn
0: around and selling it. Dude. he got to take it for a test drive.
1: Yeah, at least. Uh but I think he saw a lot in Hunt, <laughs> even though you'll see later. He almost was a revolving door as well. But uh but I like what Red Solo Cup did. He kinda made his wide receiver group even better with Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and Cooper Cup. Um Tom Brady, I don't know if he made his uh wide rec- his quarterback room better, but um <laughs> that's still to be seen. Um but well, that's that's struggling too, yeah. But at this point, I think Giselle could probably play better than Tom Brady. <laughs> Giselle,
0: um, Giselle is why Tom Brady is not playing well. Let's go yeah. ahead and talk. just call it like it is, yeah. Let's call it He's like it is in that man's head.
1: He certainly, I mean, she certainly is. Um, but uh, but I, li- I like what uh, what Casey got for his trade, I think it made his team better as a whole, um, because he technically didn't necessarily need. Hunt as a running back, even though he valued him very much. So, sure. I, th- I think Casey won the trade.
0: I'm going to say Wash here. Um, I think it's a break even. And here's, re- here's the reason why. I know Casey did what he did to really bolster his starting roster. He was clear on that when he was talking with us. Really wanted to get a stronger roster. Knew that he was going to thin himself out a little bit. And that's a risk, uh, which is actually his acronym, RSK. Go figure. He took a risk there by getting Devontae Adams. Dude, it is. It is. You're absolutely right. Devontae and Cooper Cup is hard to pass up on, which is what Casey told me last week. He he just could not pass that opportunity up to have both of those studs on the same team. So his receiver core is very likely going to carry him to a lot of wins this year. But I get why Jason did it as well. Jason, he's a tinkerer by nature. He obviously leads the league most years in trades. But to get a guy like CD Lamb, who, you know, you got Dak Prescott coming back that week, yeah, high hopes. Yep. I mean, CD Lamb was uh, a keeper this year coming into the year, and he's the real deal. So you got to believe that him and Dak are going to take off. It's just a matter of time. So I believe CD can hold his own. I still give Devontae an advantage there, but I don't know that's a huge jump down to CD. Yeah, I agree. So you get that as a receiver. You get Aaron Rodgers' number one weapon in alan lazard who has been playing well by the way and then kareem hunt with all of his potential we're gonna just talk about him as if he stayed on jason's team until we get to the next trades uh, but yeah. you know jason acquiring him man it's a big chance he gets traded if he turns into the starting running back elsewhere and not behind nick chubb it's a big win so because of the potential i definitely say it's a break even it was a good in my opinion, a good trade for both teams.
1: Well, I just liked it, what it did for Casey's team as a whole better than <laughs> sure. what it did for Jason's. Yeah. Um, so the next trade we come to is um, you and Jason. Jason pops up again in the trade um, right. trade uh, talks and he does Clyde. He gets Clyde Edwards, Lair, CEH, and Leonard Fournette. Uh, and you get um Rodney, Kareem Hunt, and Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you start off because you were in the talk. So, what, what, um, what transpired there?
0: So, again, like I said, about what sparked a bunch of these trades is the fact that I'm out of the hunt, right? I'm one in six. Ah, did you mean I so, um, uh, see what I said. See what I did there? Didn't even mean to, dude. I'm um, actually in that hunt in this trade, so I. I really didn't want to be in the CEH market anyways. So when I approached Jason about some trades or he made, he may have approached me. It's been too long for me to remember how that transpired. But when we approached one another, I was pretty adamant. I did not want to trade any other running back outside of Leonard Fournette and Clyde Edwards. I I was pretty sold on that. Definitely didn't want to give up um, anything more than that. So, he kind of shopped around a little bit elsewhere and came back to the table said he'd do CEH and Lenny. Lenny's had a good season. He's a top-ten guy. I think that really helped me sell this trade. Um, Kareem Hunt, yeah, the potential was there, but he hadn't been moved by that point. So Jason could get two sure things. And uh, Miles Sanders was just collateral damage in the mix up there. Um, so it, it was really just a tit-for-tat trade on a face value level because, yeah, Kareem Hunt, He's had a struggle this year, but it's very likely he gets traded, right? So, traded to any other team, I still think he can hang with CEH.
1: Yeah. More, yeah. Miles more Sanders definitely.
0: and Lenny are kind of a wash. Yeah. So, I felt like the potential for Kareem was where this trade really all culminated for me. So, I still think that trade is also a break-even. It, it helped Jason where he was at. Um, helped me to take the risk on a potential keeper in Kareem Hunt and Miles Sanders. So,
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's a wash. Um, I think it actually um, it's it's a wash altogether, but uh, Lenny has looked pretty good the past few weeks. Um, and Miles Sanders, he was off last week, but I think he'll continue the role he's been on. Um, and, and as I was talking before this trade went down, or it was before the trade went down with Casey, I was trying to see what what Casey would take for cream hunt and he valued him quite a bit. Like he was like, you know, this guy might, he could possibly be a keeper, especially if he gets traded mm-hmm. um, to the right spot. So um, just because of his talent and um, I mean, he's still relatively young, I think. Um, but, uh, but I, yeah, think Martin, one, I think he's 27. Yeah. I mean, so he's still, he's not 30 yet. 30 kind of like the, the old, no, um, for running backs, but he's, I mean, he's looking good. Um, He's staying fresh behind Nick Chubb. So he's probably, his legs are, you know, much fresher than your normal 27 year old running back. Agreed for sure. So he's, he's still got, he's still got some pop to him and he got in the end zone last week. So, but I think it's, I think it's an even trade. So on both sides. Uh, So the next trade we got, why don't you tell us what it is Ronnie?
0: Right (laughs) after that trade. Jason makes another move with Jake <laughs> where he's trying to offload Javante because he needs to contend. Javante's obviously on IR. Jake, being out of the hunt, yep. is looking to bolster his RBs for next season. So he goes after Javante and he's willing to give up DeAndre Hopkins, who obviously just jumps back in the league last week. So and he balled out, balled Good. out, wow. had a great game. Um, Face value, I thought this was a great trade. I think a keeper, young stud running back like Javante, hopefully Denver's got it worked out by next year. That's what we're going to believe for. (laughs) But Denver, with the offense that we all saw the potential to be at, uh, I like Javante as a running back. I don't know that me personally would have taken the risk on him, but I could see somebody doing it. I don't have a problem with this trade at all. DeAndre Hopkins is obviously a great weapon, but he's also an older receiver. So you're not looking at him as a keeper year to year, I don't believe, because there's also a drop off for receivers, and he's kind of riding that line. So he's trading a veteran that he doesn't really need production from this year for young running back that can give him years and years of uh, keeper value. I like to trade for both teams.
1: Yeah, I like the trade for both teams, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Javante. Uh, it, it looked really good for both sides. Um, I like Javante as the future. Um, I mean, he's he's going to be really good. DeAndre Hopkins still up there in age. I wouldn't consider him a keeper. But, I mean, um, he's going to at least make some hay for Jason to possibly make a playoff push because he's still <laughs> in the hunt. Um, but... Um, But, yeah, so I like it for both sides. I think it was smart to get a a running back like Javante Williams, knowing that you're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. So, yeah, um, I think it was a wise wise decision. Um, Next up is you again, uh, Rodney, with Jason. Are you all, like, team – tag teaming this thing or something? It looks kind of frequent. No, I'm kidding. It does,
0: right? It's kind of
1: a perfect storm. You got to understand, when it comes to trades –
0: you're probably gonna trade with more than likely, probably that a higher percentage of your trades are gonna come with people that you just communicate more with in general. Like yeah. when I call you, when I call Mitchell, when I call Jason, um, we're probably closer together than we are with other people <clears> in the <throat> league, which isn't a bad thing per se. Because But we haven't had, made
1: a trade all year, Rodney.
0: We oh, well that's not that's not from my doing. You've backed out of like two different trades that I thought we were gonna do, but that's a different story. Oh, okay. Anyways. As I was saying, um, you're just prone to deal more with people you talk with more. Not that you're opposed in any other direction, but that's just normally the pattern. So, Jason was in a need, you know, a running back need situation. Me being out of it, I'm looking at his team. I just picked up Deontay Foreman, who I don't think is a long term guy. So, I snag him off of waivers just because he's gonna have a share of a backfield which i mean why not he could turn into something and he has he had a good game i had some trade fodder there and i looked at his team i had i had recently given him michael pittman and you know with matt ryan coming out of that offense and there's you know a new sheriff in town i just thought you know maybe pittman can have a season revival there's potential there. I couldn't get much for Deontay Foreman. So, this was kind of like a, a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of scenario. And I I give him a running back that can fill a spot on his roster, and he gives me a potential wide receiver that who knows what will happen with, but I was willing to take the risk on it. So, Jeff Wilson, Isaiah Pacheco were kind of throwaway. Pacheco's got potential, but hasn't really shown much this year, even when he got the start last week. I think that backfield committee is going to be a nightmare anyways. So, this trade was just – Kind of two guys helping each other out.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Now, one of the interesting trades this week, in my view, was um, cooking with Lamar and you, Rodney. Um, you get Tyree Kill. You give away Tyree Kill from a trade you had previously, and you give away Kareem Hunt for Kenneth Walker the third and Deontay Johnson for Tyree Kill and Kareem Hunt. Rodney, Mm. how in the world did you get KW3 in this trade? Like, I was shocked. Um,
0: Well, Tim actually approached me with this trade. Oh, wow. And told me that he was willing to deal either Dalvin Cook or Ken Walker. So, I loved Kenneth Walker. I would actually approached him about Kenneth Walker, not with any – combo in mind to trade i was just asking i was just testing the water seeing if he He shot it down Im- immediately and said you know i've got him in both my leagues i'm really high on them don't think i'm dealing them cool no big deal and little did i know landing kareem hunt would have caught his eye because i think that's what that's what tipped the scales in my favor here okay so kareem he might hunt have saw it,
1: what casey saw
0: yeah i saw what casey saw the trade market in the NFL, had been heating up around this time where the trade happened. And I think Tim was trying to get ahead of it. Almost in his mind, like, steal some value before he was kind well, of too expensive. Yeah. Because if he lands on a team like Buffalo or something like that, I, I was likely to hold on to him to see how that looked before I traded him, you know? I, was, I had just gotten Miles Sanders, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And there were trade talks, which I still don't understand why. There were trade talks that Philly may be a good landing spot for Kareem hunt. That and makes no that sense. Happens, but yeah. If that happens, I'm screwed because i just traded for miles Sanders. And if they're going to get Kareem hunt, like that's a washed up backfield right there. Who, who the heck knows what happens with miles Sanders. And I just thought where, where he saw the value in getting him early, I saw the value in dealing him early before the trade happened. Even if I had to, you know, kick myself in the tail for it later, but, I know Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt with his potential. I mean, that's that's two keepers right there, potentially. Yeah, for potentially. Kenneth yeah. Walker, because Deontay's not doing much this year as that offense figures out, you know, who they are under Kenny Pickett. But Kenneth Walker, in my position, seems like such a generational talent. Like, I couldn't pass it up, right? Yeah, dude. He's young. So, He's, young. yeah, explosive. Absolutely. Holy cow. And, I mean, to have him as a keeper on my team, for years to come, which I haven't had that kind of youth. Honestly, I've been a sucker when it comes to young running backs with my history in this league because I drafted CMC. I don't know if you knew this. I drafted CMC his rookie year, and I gave up on him halfway through the season. Traded him because I got impatient, and then pretty much as soon as I traded him, he started dominating.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, you drafted Jonathan Taylor, too?
0: I think so. I'd have to go back and fact check that one, but I'm pretty sure I had JT on my team. Same process. I got impatient. I did the same thing with Todd Gurley when he was in St. Louis.
1: Holy cow, man. Yep,
0: when they were the St. Louis Rams. and Well, I don't know if they were St. Louis Rams, but they could have been L.A. Rams. But when he was with the Rams, I gave up on him. So um, it's kind of a reverse role here because Ken Walker's already shown that he's got the goods. Yep. I he does got the young running backs. I, I want young running backs to build around. And I thought, man, I, I can't pass this up. I know I'm giving up Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt, but I get a long-term value out of Kenneth Walker. So I
1: liked Absolutely. it for me.
0: I liked it for him for this year. It's a win-win.
1: Yeah, I liked it for both of you guys. Uh you for the future and him for right now. Uh, because Tyreek Hill, man, he can he can light up a room, he can light up a field, um, shoot. He's a he's a lightning bolt at any time. He can take sure. it to the house. I mean, he can he can literally make house calls like that. So, um, so I like it for him. I mean, he he looks good. So, from top to bottom, he I think it made his team better as a whole when he got Tyreek Hill. Sure. So, um,
0: which leads to the next trade, by the way.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: I had I mean I had to do this. Pretty much bang, bang, immediately. Reason being, like I just mentioned, if Kareem Hunt were to get traded to the Eagles, and that trade for him could have happened at any time. Hasn't yeah. yet as of th- today, but it could have happened at any moment. Um Iowa had been in talks with Mitchell because he was interested in Miles Sanders for Brees Hall. Obviously, Brees Hall goes down for his team. He's in the hunt. He needs to fill that spot. Ah, and, <laughs> and Miles Sanders is someone that caught his attention. So I had kind of been iffy on it because it's no surprise. Brees Hall didn't just have an ACL injury. He also damaged his meniscus a little bit. And it's week seven when it happens. So there's a good chance the guy doesn't come back for the start of the season. So I was taking a risk there. But having just landed Kenneth Walker, having Travis Etienne on my team, by the way, you know, J-Rob gets traded last week. So he's automatically a keeper for me. I thought, man, what what better combo to to finish off my trio of keepers with than Brees Hall and just take a gamble to see if he can start the season. So before Kareem Hunt got traded to the stinking Philadelphia Eagles, I had to offload him quickly to Mitchell because if that trade happens, there's no way he gives me Brees Hall for Miles Sanders.
1: Yeah, and earlier in that week, I almost killed you uh, because I told you, I said, man, if Miles Sanders goes off on me, on this weekend and i lose i'm coming to georgia um <laughs> so i'm hoping that don't happen find out because because i was like man Brees hall's down i don't have to worry about breeze hall don't have to worry about travis kelsey i think i might have a chance and then you're like man i gotta get rid of i got i gotta let miles go i'm like no so um but,
0: well, it was business there, man. I, I, I understand, dude. I told you, I said, much. man,
1: I wasn't going to hold you back from getting Breeze Hall if you had a chance, knowing where you're at. And then I think not too long after that or right before that, you changed your name from King of the Hill to come at me next year. So, I mean, Yeah, someone
0: suggested that. I think it was Jake. Um, no. I've been through a lot of name changes this year because I keep trading the guy that I named my team after. So, yeah, Instead of finding another, another schmuck to name my team after that I might trade later. I just yep. uh, I just gave up on that and and look forward to
1: 2023. Come at me next year. So, the last trade on the docket, which it probably won't be the last trade of the week, but the last trade on the docket um was run CMC got Joe Burrow and Corey Davis for and traded uh Brian Robinson Jr. and Daniel Jones mm-hmm. to Jake, um which got it got a little heated in our um in, <laughs> in our text messaging uh, on Facebook. Um, but we all were really cordial and uh, we were really nice to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh,
0: that's, that's an overstatement.
1: It really is. Um, I think the biggest thing about the trade was um, just like the prospects of it, of not getting Herbert back in the deal. Um, that's just kind of how it all looked like. But I like Joe for Joe, – <laughs> uh Joe Burrow for Run CMC it probably solidifies his team from top to bottom really well um now he can actually on bye weeks or on a bye when Joe Burrow's out he's got he's got Justin Herbert there's not many teams in the league that actually actually can say they have a top 10 quarterback on their bench to slide right into the um into the starting role on a bye week so I mean, it gives them a great team. He's got a really good shot of going to the championship this year. Um, and for, Jake, for, uh, for Jake's team, he's got Brian Robinson Jr. He has a he has a really high ceiling with him. He thinks him thinks a lot about him. I think it's to me for me it's still too short of a sample size to actually say whether he's keeper status or not. But uh, but he he thinks differently, which is. You know, awesome for him. So, um, but what do you think, Randy? So, I'm out of the hunt,
0: right? I see the trade. And all things considered, hindsight's 20 as everybody knows. I think I jumped the gun in just, just dismantling this trade immediately as it happened. Because after I gained the perspectives from everybody, It's definitely – it definitely works for both teams. Uh, But at the same time, Joe Burrow is a top three guy. But even last year, you can look at his numbers. When he was on his way to a really good-looking season, most of his production, like his – he was spiking like three or four times out of the year. I think it was some ridiculous number. It was like over a third of his production – came in like four games or something like that. Uh, and I look back, I think I was talking to Jason. He was like, look, man, outside of the last two weeks where he just blew up, like he's he's been a relatively average QB. I'm like, you know what, you're right. Uh, so definitely believe I overreacted to the trade. I was just looking at positional rankings. and uh, So in hindsight, definitely apologize for that. But just to take all the, I guess, tension out of the – equation like we're all good right um jake's fine like i reached out to jake yeah. he's, he's totally cool i explained myself on that apologize for some things i said and we're all great which is fantastic because this is by far my favorite league i'm 100 going anywhere and i'm a very non-confrontational kind of guy so had i known certain things said would have triggered
1: anybody well, it was, like yeah, I what definitely happened, yeah. Said it at all
0: but i definitely didn't intend it the way it was taken So we've cleared all that up, and uh, what better way of burying a hatchet like that than having Jake on the podcast next week. So just spoiler for that. Um, Tune in for that. we got Prison Mike's Dementors team manager, Jacob Sweat, going to be joining us next week. So we're looking forward to him being on the podcast. Yeah, we are. As for the trade, I like it for both teams. Josh did need a quarterback. That had been an issue for his team. He's solid from top to bottom now. He said it best because we were like, man, the optics of it were what got the trade kind of off, off kilter for some people. Had he traded Brian Robinson and Herbert. and Herbert, nobody says a word, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because he's if he plays Joe Justin Herbert any more throughout the season, it's just once. So it's not going to be like something that changes the trajectory of the entire year. I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things. So, this trade, we'll just call it like it is. It's good for both sides. Jake's building for the future, as he had stated before. And Josh needed a QB. So, here we are. And the trade went down, and we're moving forward. So, yep. I like it for both teams.
1: Well, uh, well, Rodney, I think we'll just run through uh, last week's recap real quick. Sure. Um, and see where we're at, and then go from there. Um, so, we'll start last week uh, with your, your game, Rodney. Cool. Um, we'll start there. Uh, you give me the what you, what you saw. Um, it didn't seem um, promising, but you can <laughs> let me know. Well, me and Austin going head-to-head, and I expected
0: from the get-go to lose this game. I was down Josh Allen already. Didn't really have a good flex option uh, with Miles Sanders being on a bye week. And who would have thought Deontay Foreman and Hubbard do Tampa Bay like they did with the rush last week? So I kept him on my bench. And it really just came down to Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs doing their thing like I thought they would. And Josh Jacobs just casually has like over thirty points. So Bro, he's a freak. I don't know where this came from, but he's never been that guy in his career, and now all of a sudden he's just lighting things up. So and then you had Dallas's defense go nuts again. <laughs> Dude, that defense is it's rank, it's ranked number one in the league. It should be. They're Dude. stupid. And couple that with Zeke and his two touchdown day which I think is his highest output all year. I just didn't have the firepower
1: to hang with him, just quite frankly. That's pretty much the tale of the game. Yeah, it was the highest output of all all year. So, um, he had a ridiculous – his team went off this week. Um, I agree with you. And Josh Jacobs, he's probably – in our league, he's probably been the story of the year, to be honest. Uh, just because most of us didn't really actually – probably see him as a keeper this past year but dude he's running for his job in life this year it's ridiculous and it shows it shows three touchdowns 143 yards that is he worked that day uh there from there we're gonna go to uh barclays brawlers which they've been hot they're probably Mm -hmm. the hottest team in the league right now Mm -hmm. they're at four wins in a row patrick mahomes who thought he was gonna go nuts or go pretty good against San Francisco. I thought it was going to be a lesser game. But, um, I mean, Titans' defense showed up, giving them 19 points. I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was hitting on all cylinders like you think his team probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, but his team was consistent throughout. So Barkley had 13. Kamara had 10. Olave had 10. And then Ramondre had ten, and, there, and then his defense, defense,
0: his defense balled out,
1: dude. His defense had more points than all the ones I just listed, except for Preston Mahomes. So, right. but his team was consistent, which made him win like he did. I mean, one hundred thirteen to sixty five, it was not pretty. But you had the first game back for Dak Prescott, which I thought he was going to have a green light against Detroit, but evidently, it just won't panning out because his highest producer was actually his tight end and, and George Kittle on tight end, national tight end day. But, yeah, his his whole team was solid. He even had uh, – Jimmy had guys on the bench that were getting 10 points. I um, mean, mm-hmm. um, he had Eno you know, Benjamin on the bench. that got 19.3. So, he could have had even a better day than he had. So, he um, he just – he showed up and showed out this week. Again.
0: Again, Jimmy and Caden, we've been bragging on their team all year long. They yeah. got heavy hitters throughout their lineup. They're doing what they should be doing. So, this is a deep team. Really like them. If they stay healthy, they're definitely a playoff contender. Possibly even a champion this year. So Possibly. Really like their team. Jason's team is sending out an SOS. I mean, he needs
1: sending some help. An
0: SOS. Sorry. Exactly what song I thought about right there. You just sing it much better than I would have. So.
1: Uh, well, I was singing it a high falsetto, but yeah, continue.
0: Lenny struggled. I mean, he trades for Lenny. He's trying to – of course, we're not talking about – yesterday's game we're talking about a week ago's game um and he who thought this is a game against Carolina where he's teed up to have the game of the year for himself so far and Tampa Bay just gets blanked nothing good came out of Tampa Bay against Carolina and Damian Harris coming off an injury I think that performance was simply a result of him trying to ease back into the flow and the pace of the game and Dak in the same boat I mean, you just, you just had a series of unfortunate events for Jason, and it led to a sub-70-point game.
1: Isn't that a movie?
0: It, I think it is. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh,
1: okay. Where you want to go let's next, go, Friday? Let's
0: go Tim versus Mitchell. We'll do
1: Cooking with Lamar and Sexual Feeling. Dude, this was a close game, but it was close due to the fact that Mitchell had kind of like maybe a little bit of a slap in the face a little bit, like, Sure. I'm not even gonna play a wide receiver and kind of make it sting a little bit more. Well, and it, it wasn't
0: quite that way. I mean, he did He pulled him after he had secured the win and didn't want to like risk a fumble. So he didn't have him pulled the entirety of the week. He pulled no. him off the very last
1: minute. Okay, okay, yeah, I I noticed that, but man, that I mean that was that was. Uh, I I yeah, like the play. I like the play, but I don't think Myers is I mean, he did only have two receptions for thirty four yards, but yeah, I mean it was a smart play, but I don't yeah, he possibly could have fumbled. There's a chance. Yeah, this this whole
0: game surprises me because pretty sure last week on the podcast we were all talking about how this is potentially the game of the week. It's gonna be a high scoring game on both sides. Yep. And it wasn't at all, but I don't think it was the, the team's faults. Uh, Tim had some unexpected things happen, like, you know, Mark Andrews getting blanked. I think he was more hobbled by that ankle than they let on. And, of course, you know, we're talking about a week ago, not yesterday. And uh, Lamar and JT continue to struggle. And as long as that's the case, it's going to limit Tim's output. But, you know, he has to have those guys showing up week week after week. And this was a pretty big bye week for him, too, though, because he was – down Dalvin Cook and Devontae Smith, and the Eagles' defense that has been really good lately. Yeah. So it, it's kind of an anomaly for Tim. And, you know, Mitchell could have won by a little bit bigger of a margin, but he chose to play it safe by benching Jacoby Myers. It would have really sucked if a stat correction slapped him in the face and he ends up losing the game.
1: Oh my gosh. I didn't even how, think how, how of that. How
0: cringy would that have been, man? I think Tim actually was calling for that, but stat <laughs> corrections are few and far between. So, yeah. Um, he finally got a big game out of Aaron Jones. So he did.
1: I think he that was did. a
0: saving grace. Dude, huge, huge he game. Needed it. Mm-hmm. He needed it. He needed, he needed a, a sign of life out of the young man, and he got it. But also, Brees Hall tearing an ACL made the game a lot closer because the guy had already had like a 70-yard touchdown run that game.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. I thought he was going to go off, have at least 100 yards and two tutties but he did get hurt. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I jinxed him, Rodney, but if you remember earlier in the week, I knew I was playing Mitchell in the following week, and I was like, you know, just if Brees Hall, like maybe tweaked his ankle or something, that way I'd have Michael Carter come in Mm -hmm. and take more of the lion's share for the next Mm -hmm. week. Not to take him out, but just to have a little bit of juice for Michael Carter for the following week. And, man, when I heard his – when I saw him go down, I was like, Oh no. I did not do this to this man. And uh put don't that find juju out. on him. Huh? You put the juju on him. Dude, I did. I didn't mean to. And if Mitchell, if you're hearing this, it's all in love, brother. I just I just need the dubs. But um but no <laughs> but no Brees Hall, He he was special early on. I mean, he finished sixth in the league in just seven weeks. Mm. I mean he was balling. So yeah. um so yeah you know for this year rest in peace breeze um we'll see you next year so
0: oh yes we will on my team
1: <laughs> okay so,
0: so all things considered there were a lot of surprises here that kind of cut the production to what otherwise would have probably been the highest scoring game of the week in my opinion so
1: yep or so there from,
0: definitely could have been
1: yep so then from there i like uh let's go red solo cup and prison mike's the mentor's this was actually a closer game than what I expected it to be. Um, what What's your thoughts, Rodney, on this game, man? This is This is wild how close this game turned out to be.
0: Yeah, it, it was wild. And you know, Joe Burrow just has the his, the game of the year for himself, which shoot of his really life <laughs> vaulted Jacob into contention here. But um, he got Jake got screwed in this game because you know the Jaguars didn't tell us that they had already been in talks with the Jets for a James Robinson trade, which in in hindsight, now that we're a week removed from the game, we know that was the case. Yep. So they don't play him any. I think he had like one target or something like that. I don't even know why they put him in for that snap, to be honest with you. But he didn't get any carries and puts up a dud on Jake's roster. Uh, And just to put it in perspective, it was a three-point game. If James Robinson plays, Jake wins the game. Yeah, and his season looks completely different,
1: dude. And he had Herbert on the bench that went off for 14, and that's the guy you're playing.
0: Yep. So you yep. got you got Saint Brown who gets concussed, or they thought he was concussed. He leaves the field hobbling, and with the new concussion protocol, you're not allowed to come back into the game if you show any of those neurological symptoms. So that's you. Him Thank too. you, Tua. Uh, no. Right, that screwed him. <laughs> uh, his defense screwed him. Which, that was a bold move playing that defense against KC anyways. Yeah, it really was. I'm not playing any defense against Kansas City. I don't care who they are. Yeah. Just with the nature of that offense. But, um, Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's been screwing people since the start of the season. So, that's not a surprise.
1: (laughs) Dude, he has been a bit of misery misery for sure.
0: So, (laughs) Jacob just ran into some bad luck right here against a good team in KC who – he had a great opportunity here because he didn't have D. Swift and he didn't have Cooper Cup playing. Yep. So it was a great chance to try and knock him off, and uh, he just came up just a smidge short on Casey's end. Um, he he got the Devonte Adams trade, and Adams didn't disappoint. He didn't have a tutty, but eight catches, ninety-five yards. Can't be mad at that. You can't, man. Terry McLaurin. He tried. As hard as he could not to play Terry McLaurin. And what does Terry do for him? Just five catches, 73 yards. In he became show.
1: scary. He won the game for
0: him. That's what he did. Yep. And it was by accident.
1: Yep, scary Terry, man. So he shows surprises
0: up. this game. But um, overall, I think everyone expected Casey to win. It is a surprise that it was that close. I was pulling for Jake there at the end.
1: Yeah, I was too.
0: But uh, Casey eked it out. You take he him any way you did. can get him.
1: He certainly did. So, um, last but not least, we're going to go to my game uh, of the week. Uh, X marks the spot against Run CMC and Josh. I needed the win to get me to keep me going for that playoff push, <clears throat> knowing where I was in the in the playoff hunt. Um, and I think I pulled it off. Um, Ronnie, what's what's your analysis of this? this game? And you came up
0: big because this is a week you're sweating without Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, right? You're going up against yep. one of the best teams in the league and mm-hmm. you don't have two of your heavy hitters. That's that's intimidating. And you feel like you're already, you know, back to the wall. But you know, he also didn't have Justin Jefferson playing. He didn't play Christian McCaffrey because of the switch to San Fran. So yep. he caught a break there. But you didn't really I guess I guess if Justin Jefferson would have been playing, you definitely needed the break because he can blow up. Yep. But you had you had some big performances out of Austin Eckler. Out of Justin – or not Justin, but out of Jamar Chase. Uh, rest in peace, by the way. And Juju <laughs> came up big for you again. Two straight solid weeks from Juju. I dropped him at the absolute worst time because he has gone off since I dropped him. Yep. And then the, the mother Tucker, JT. You know, the miles. real JT. Yeah, the real JT. So, you got he's actually outproducing the other JT. I'm pretty confident this year. <laughs> he is. So, you had some heavy hitters that just showed up, man. And got you 120 points without your two heavy hitters in there. So, kudos to you, man. Your your
1: boys showed up
0: and showed out and got you the win.
1: They did. I was happy for them. Uh he had a couple guys that got like a misfire like DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. He had a little tweak in his knee. Um but he had a he made a smart move not actually playing Christian McCaffrey. Um even though in hindsight, you're like, why would you not even play Christian McCaffrey? But mm-hmm. uh, he, it was a smart move. And at first, Mostert start, started to actually scare me a little bit. Um, but I had too big of a lead going into uh, that Sunday night game yeah. for Mostert to actually come back with. But it started to scare me a little bit when he went straight down and scored a touchdown. And then Josh was like, I need four more. And I already had that happen to me in another league with, with Travis Kelsey. It was the week he went off for four touchdowns. Um, so I I was about to start having deja vu and I was like, no way this ain't happening, especially in the standard league, but thankfully it didn't happen. My guys balled out and, um, I'm excited that I have another week to say, uh, I'm still in the hunt. So, Mm
0: -hmm. and you know, Josh, he's fourth, fourth highest scoring team in the league last week. So he had that unfortunate break of playing one of the top scorers and that's never fun. No, his team didn't do bad especially considering he was missing CMC and Justin Jefferson. So he didn't have a bad week. DK hurt him. But even if DK finished the game, I think your point total was just insurmountable. Yeah, I did too.
1: It would have been closer for sure, but I think it might have been like 110 maybe.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say.
1: So it would have been a very high-scoring game for both teams.
0: Yep, so that wraps up the recaps from last week. We're going to do a new segment called Over-Under. We're going to look at key players in each each person's team, really just one player in each person's team, and predict if they cover their projected point total or not. So we're going to start with Mitchell's team, textual Thielen. And I think someone he needs to be hot this game is Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is projected for nine points against Buffalo's defense, who has been very, very stingy against the run. What do you think about that
1: projection? Man, It's it's tough, man, to be really honest with you. I'm kind of biased just because I'm playing against him. But uh, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be tough sledding. Um, he might get to nine just because of his the way Aaron Rodgers trusts Aaron Jones in the passing game. Um, because last week, dude, he had ten targets. I mean, this mm-hmm. is stupid for a running back. He um, caught nine of them. Caught nine of them, bro, for 53 yards. So it's very possible he can actually have another game. Uh kind of similar to I wouldn't say he's getting in the end zone two times, um, just because of how good Buffalo's defense is. And uh they have some they have some good linebackers that can take away some stuff. Um mm-hmm. but I'm gonna say he goes under the nine and a half, nine point seven. Okay. I'm gonna say under just because I think it's a tall, tall order against that team. It is.
0: Tough team. Green Bay is going to need to pass a lot to keep up here. They're already down Alan Lazard for the game. Yeah, they have be, they have
1: question marks. Uh, they have a lot of question positions. marks.
0: So uh, they used him a lot, like you said, last week in the passing game, and he was effective. That's by far he doubled his production in the receiving game last last week from any other game this year. Yep. So with all the catching up they're going to be needing to do during this game, I'm going to give him the over because I think, oh. there's, going to be some, I think there's going to be garbage time, and he'll just be able to rattle off some – Really, no,
1: I didn't think about that, though. He's going to rattle gone. off yardage.
0: And, I mean, he got two tutties catching the ball last week. So, I mean, they weren't even going to have a chance against Washington had it not been for Aaron Jones. So, hopefully they woke up and thought, man, we really need to do this more often with this guy and um, and give him the rock in both the run and the pass. So, I only think he covers just based on volume alone.
1: Yeah, but watch Green Bay. This will be an uh, A.J. Dillon week. <laughs> you know how they like to do that kind of thing. Well,
0: it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Jones, but. They they always give him a big game, and then he just they they forget about him the next game. So hopefully it doesn't happen. But I think I think by the catch up game he's gonna he's gonna cover nine.
1: This is a free Aaron Jones moment by free uh, Aaron Jones. That's what we need to do. Yeah. So
0: next we go to you. All right. And I think a key player in your lineup is gonna be AJ Brown. Yeah. Because he's got a saucy matchup against Pittsburgh. He really does. Gravy on paper, and they're projecting him for 10.6 against Pittsburgh. What do you think about it?
1: Well, I'm gonna tell you this, Rodney. I need him to be a wide receiver one for me this week. Um, I need him to finish in the top ten. So I'm I'm thinking he's actually going over just because how I mean how it looked like Tua, even on his first week back against Pittsburgh last week, he was just carving them up. Like it wasn't even that first drive. It was ugly to watch for Pittsburgh, um, and then Pittsburgh did come back to earth a little bit, like with their defense. They started figuring stuff out, but but man, I think uh, I think a week off for AJ Brown and Hurts through that bye week, they had a full week of rest. Um, I think they're going to be really. I think he's going to be really tough to handle. Um, so I, I think he's going over to the ten point six. Looking at A.J.'s
0: week-to-week performance this year, he hasn't had a week yet with back-to-back, or he hasn't had a stretch of games with back-to-back double-digit weeks all season. Yeah. Which is concerning to me because it makes me think it's either going to be Devontae or A.J. and they both can't coexist as high fantasy scorers week-to-week. But Pittsburgh should be the matchup that it happens with But looking at Pittsburgh, as their defense has gotten healthier and they've gotten Fitzpatrick back and things like that, um, the last two weeks, neither one of the receivers on those teams in um, Miami or Tampa Bay has gone over 10 points. Really?
1: Not even Tyreek Hill?
0: Tyreek Hill. I had him on my team that week. He only scored seven. Waddle had eight. Waddle had eight. So 8.8, yep. I think the defense got a little bit stronger. I mean, yeah, they, they look ugly on paper in the positional rankings, but I think it was due to the fact that they were just not healthy to, to start the year. And Buffalo put a massive beat down on them to really kind of inflate that number against their uh, secondary. So I'm going to say under, not because I'm not pulling. I am pulling for you. But I haven't seen them with back-to-back double-digit weeks this year. And Pittsburgh.
1: Dude, he had a bye week. It's not a back. It's not a double digit. It's not back to back weeks.
0: Well, the last game he played was. Ah,
1: whatever. Okay. I got you. The last
0: game he played was. I know. I know. So I just hadn't seen it yet. So I hope he does. I just, with Pittsburgh shoring up their secondary and they got Devontae Smith to feed, I think he's under.
1: Yep. Got it. Moving
0: to Josh. He just. Had a big breakthrough with his man, Christian McCaffrey. Everybody knows he's been traded to San Francisco. He's got a weakening, and some change under his belt, learning the offense. Obviously, last week he was limited, didn't play in every snap. They're projecting him for 14 against the Rams this week. Dude, I'll, I'll lead this one off. Let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. The dude's going to be electric in this offense. No one's doubting that. C-Mac has never had a – a play caller like Kyle Shanahan to run the ball under. I don't think anybody's going to be able to stop him under that offense. This week I'm expecting to see much more of him, and it's interesting because I think a Shanahan offense is one of the most difficult to learn. With his complex mind, he's brilliant as an offensive uh, play caller. Uh, But just by volume alone, I think they get him the ball a lot I mean, why would you give up what they gave up to not use him a lot? He's Christian McCaffrey. He's a guy you want to get at least 20 touches a game to. I definitely think he clears 14 points with that kind of volume. Well, I'll tell you
1: this, Rodney. I think he goes over and he does it pretty easily. Because okay. um, when he played uh, L.A. in week six with Carolina, he had 15.8. mm so um that's just looking back at that and he's got a better play caller. He's not gonna be the number one guy everybody looks at in that offense. Uh because they got so many other weapons. Debo's a little hurt. That might that might change. I think a little I bit. think they've
0: ruled Debo out.
1: Oh, they rude they ruled Debo out. So well, that's still you still got George Kittle to worry about. You still got IUK to worry about. And then you check, I mean, dude, he's the best fullback in the game. Um and you got Christian McCaffrey running behind him. And you can obviously put Christian McCaffrey and Wilson Jr. in the backfield at the same time. Oh yeah. And have McCaffrey spread out wide. So sure. I really like McCaffrey's chances of getting over fourteen point two. Like I said again, he played against LA Rams in week uh in week six and it was like the worst offensive performance ever I've ever seen in my life in a football game with Carolina Panthers, and he still had 15.8. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, granted, he did catch like eight catches, seven catches for 89 yards, but I really think it's very possible. I think he finds the end zone at least once. So, I like it. I think he's going over. Um, I'm sorry for whoever he's playing. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not going to be good. But C-Mac, look for him to dominate this week. Yep. Uh, go over to Jimmy Barkley's Brawlers. And we're going to go with the man his team is named after, um, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. They are projecting Bro. him. It may be their highest projection for him this year. Dude, 19-5. it might be the highest
1: projection of any non-quarterback. But, dude, this is ridiculous. It It,
0: it is a big projection for sure. And uh, looking at his week-to-week performance – He's only put that up – he's cleared that number just one time this year, and I think it was in week one. So that's a pretty lofty standard to set for the man. Um, Just because I haven't seen him clear it in any other week, yes, Seattle is bad against the run. I get it, but they're going to be at Seattle – Gino's cooking, man. These are these are gonna be two good teams clashing. You know, the Giants are what five and one or six and one. I can't I can't remember if they've had their bye or not, but yeah, I know they've only got one loss. And Gino is is looking really good. I know without DK, it's gonna be a little bit more of a grind, but Saquon is is an amazing player. I see him in the seventeen to eighteen point range. I don't know that he gets up to twenty. That's just that's, that's a lofty goal, and because of that, I'm gonna take the under.
1: Yeah, I think uh I think he's going to need to ball out cuz he's got McCaffrey on the other side, but um for for the over under, I really do I'm looking at the numbers here and by the numbers I'm going to say under. I think he's mm-hmm. going to stay under his projection. Uh 19 and a half is lofty for anybody, much less a running back. He did it once in week 1. Um but uh but ever since then he hasn't really really showed up mm-hmm. to that number. I mean, he showed up every week. He's number three running back in the league. But um, I think I think he goes under. It's a slight lander. I think he's at least getting 16 to 18 points, like you said, Rodney. Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I don't think he eclipsed 19 and a half.
0: Good deal. Let's go to my team next. Let's do Tony it. Tony Pollard is the one that you picked.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I think he's got a great matchup against uh, against Chicago. Um, Chicago is, has this, – this year, because not in every year, they've been pretty stout defensively in previous years. But this year in particular, they are the 27th worst-ranked run defense in the league. With not having Zeke around, I really think it's very possible for, for uh, Pollard to uh, actually have a day. Um, and I think it's very possible – that he could hit fourteen and a fourteen point three. I mean, in a shared backfield with the tr- against Detroit last year, last week, he had ten point nine. With a non-shared backfield with mainly all the carries, because it looks like they have said that um, Pollard is expected to start with Zeke yeah, out.
0: Zeke will be out,
1: so he's officially ruled out. Is is Pollard's backfield now, uh, at least for this week? I think he goes over the 14.3 this week. Um and, and and has a really good week.
0: Yeah, I agree. Last time he started a game and got all the touches was in 2020. And he only, you know, eclipsed a hundred yards and scored two touchdowns. So against a team like Chicago, as weak as they are against the rush, I think fourteen is fourteen three is low. I think you'll see Tony Pollard clear that relatively easy this week.
1: Yep, I agree. Let's
0: move over to Casey Red Solo Cup. We're going to go with the guy that's now healthy for him. He traded for this guy and has unfortunately not had him healthy. Really, he's since. waited for him. He's waited. He has patiently waited and held out. Didn't trade the guy away. And we're going to talk about DeAndre Swift. They've only got him projected for nine. Point five against Miami. Why do you think that
1: is? Um, I think it's mainly because they're not sure if he might finish the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: maybe how Detroit
0: was, will use him. Is he going to be full load, like throwing caution to the wind,
1: and um, roll him out as normal or not? From what I've heard from Insight, is that he's he's good to go. Like he's he's ready. He was a full participant at practice on Wednesday which is normally your installation day is the day you actually go through all the things to what's going through the week. So he's been, he's been on it this whole week. And so I think he's a full go. I think he's going to get his normal looks that he had. Um, I think he, I think he go, I think he does over 9.5 just because of his receiving, receiving prowess uh, in this game. Uh, Because, uh, because Miami, they've been susceptible to the run. I mean, uh, Najee Harris last week had, um, I think like they gave up 60 something yards. No, yes, they gave him 80 yards altogether, like 88 yards altogether. Um, and I think, I think CMC, I mean, um, uh, DeAndre has a little bit more juice to him, uh, a little bit more speed. So I think he'll hit the hole a little quicker than, uh, The nausea, the bull in the china shop. So I like DeAndre Swift to go over the nine and a half.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think nine and a half is very conservative for him with the volume of touches he gets and his uh, lightning nature where he can just take one to the house at the blink of an eye. I mean, Miami's middle of the pack against the run. I, I don't think it's a problem at all for him to cover nine five. I think that's low. It's like flex numbers. This this is an RB one we're talking about. So I don't, I think this is a really low projection. I'm surprised ESPN even spotted him that low. It's got to be health related, but I definitely give him the over. Yep. So who we got next? We got Jake. We're going to talk about a key player for him that has had a rough stretch due to the same reasons uh, injuries, and he's on the same team. So you're looking at a Detroit team who hasn't had. D. Swift healthy or this man, Amon Ross St. Brown, healthy for several weeks. And St. Brown, you know, jumps in the game last week, comes out with a suspected concussion, but he's been cleared. He's looking like he's going to play this week. They got him set at 10-5 against Miami, who is 25th against the pass. I am in the same boat as D. Swift here. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is elite-level talent. I think 105 in a game that could be high scoring from both sides. Detroit isn't known for a great defense and neither really neither is Miami for the most part. Um, unless they play like Pittsburgh, but <laughs> uh I I think a Monroe gets back to being a Monroe and he definitely clears 105. I give him 16 or 17.
1: Oh wow, 16 or 17. That's pretty lofty. As long as he um, stays
0: healthy. If he if he plays the full game, I'll give him that number.
1: My only question in this Miami um game is that is um is what's his name uh Howard is Howard going to uh follow him the whole game um mm-hmm. because he is i mean he's playing pretty well as of late he wasn't playing really well at the very beginning of the year mm-hmm. uh you know when um that baltimore game happened earlier in the year and it was crazy um uh, but he's kind of settled in uh to being that corner number 1 corner again Mm-hmm. Uh so that's why Tyreek Hill only got seven not Tyreek Hill that's why um not many of the the corners did well like George Pickens was the only guy that got a touchdown last week but yeah. he wasn't he, Howard wasn't on him that that play
0: yeah they did move Howard around that game he wasn't on any one player but yep. looking at Detroit's uh, weapons they don't have as many receiving weapons as Pittsburgh does so they yep. very
1: well might have him shadow brown the whole game they might and that's my only question, but I think St. Brown's a little bit too shifty, a little bit too quick. I do yeah, think Yeah and they he, use him
0: they use him so versatilely, like out of the slot, things out, like out that. of the backfield. Howard's not Howard's not gonna be going to the slot. So he'll have some mismatches against linebackers. That's how he makes his money. So
1: Yep, exactly. I think I think he gets over the ten and a half. I don't know if he quite gets to that sixteen seventeen, but I definitely think he gets over ten and a half for sure. I
0: think he gets it out of necessity. Just
1: Based yeah, on Detroit ball, yeah.
0: has had to, you know, scrape back into the games from you know double digit deficits. Um it just it gives you know prevent defense looks and you know they're they're not gonna be playing press coverages. So too exactly. do hard to cover that. But let's go to Tim's team. And it's just like uh same song, different verse. We're always talking about this guy week to week, getting back in the saddle. But yep. let's go to Jonathan Taylor, the uh the fake JT. Yeah, the
1: fake JT projected for 14.3 against Washington. Tell us what you think. Man, I've had high hopes for JT all year. Um he's literally the same rank as DeAndre Swift is what mm-hmm. or like really close. Yeah, they're literally the same rank. They're like 33 and 32. I mean, they're right neck and neck. Um so I I hope he comes back on track. I mean, the game that that um that Aaron Jones had last week, it wasn't really phenomenal on the ground. Right. Um, but they do have a new signal caller in um in, in the in Indianapolis, which is in what in what really is interesting to me, Rodney, is the games that Justin, uh, see, look, I, Jonathan Taylor, uh, did has not played. They've ran really well, like really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, those those
0: two games. Uh, where Deion Jackson had the carries, yeah, he looked good.
1: He looked which really good, me, which really gets me curious on why that is. And also, it gets me curious why they even they haven't really given him many more shots with uh, Jackson in the backfield to yeah. spell him a little bit, which is kind of weird. Um,
0: but uh, it's the it's the reason I've held on to him on my bench. I'm just I know they're probably not replacing JT anytime soon, but yeah. if he were to get injured.
1: Um, i had a stud in my in my uh in my bench dashed away. You do, man. And I, I don't think I do not think JT gets back on track this week. Okay. Bold I think he stays there. under
0: 14.3. Yeah, there's too many variables. Um one, his inconsistent play. Two, that offensive line is still in shambles. And three, now you're changing quarterbacks at the same time. So there's a lot of uncertainty in the team. Uh, and if he's not been able to clear that since week one this year, I don't know that I'm trusting him to clear it with uh, with a new quarterback and, you know, the way he's been running. So I'm going to go with the under as well.
1: Yeah, and that was against Houston that week one. And Houston, they've been pretty atrocious.
0: Oh, yeah, they're very so, suspect against the run.
1: Dude, I mean, Eckler went off against them. Jacobs went off against them. So – it was expected that Taylor would. So but the rest has been kinda suspect, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. Moving to Jason's team over at the Wolfpack. We're gonna we're gonna go over to C D Lamb, who he acquired in the trade we talked about. Yep. From Casey. They got him projected for ten point one against Chicago, who is ranked fourth against opposing wideouts.
1: Ooh. Mm. You seem like you've got an opinion on this one, so take it away. So, Eddie Jackson, man, he's going to have – I think he's he's their safety, but he – I mean, he's going to probably overshadow whoever is on CeeDee Lamb this week. Um, So, I really like his opportunities back there. Um, 10.1 for this week. (sighs) I mean – I, I don't know if I see it because Chicago's defense, other than their run game, their their secondary pretty solid. Um, like you said, fourth, which is pretty strong. Um, but here's the thing: the Cowboys have all their weapons back. They have Dalton Schultz. They have Ceedee Lamb. They have Gallup back.
0: Um, so they have Tony Pollard. As a starter.
1: Which yeah. Which we've all been waiting for. Exactly. So, I think, I think just for the fact that there's a lot of other weapons to account for, I think he might get over the 10.1. But I think it might stay in that 10 range, though. Mm-hmm. Like 10.9 or 11. I don't quite know if it gets over 12. So, I'm thinking he gets over. Yeah. Uh
0: I'm indifferent about CD. Obviously, the talent is there, but the results have been wishy-washy. Even in week one, while Dak was playing, he didn't look good. Yeah, you know Tampa Bay has a good defense. Last week, or had a good defense, had a good defense exactly. And last week against Detroit, where you expect them to to blow up, you got to blame that on just Dak getting back in the saddle, right? And they're trying yeah. to rebuild the chemistry and and kind of start gelling again. Chicago's been really bad against the run, but really good against the pass. And that showed when they just pretty much blanked the Patriots last week. And I – I'm going to go with the under on CeeDee Lamb right here. Okay. With a team of this caliber in the secondary, the way they've been playing against opposing receivers this year. I don't know if this is the game that he blows up. But CeeDee Lamb's a guy all – I mean – All it takes is one play for him to blow by somebody and score a touchdown. So, I could easily be wrong about that pick. That would probably be the most uncertain under that I've I've chosen. Okay. And last but not least, we'll do Austin. Josh Jacobs is on the docket. They got him at 16.3 against New
1: Orleans. Yep. You believe in that or no? Man, I believe in it. I think he's going to keep rolling. Um, Even though the Saints defense is pretty good up front, they have some good guys. They have DeMario Davis as their middle linebacker. They have a few good guys up front that can really hold the line. But I actually think dude Josh Jacobs is just running with some anger issues this week year. Um and he just hasn't let him go, especially in the past 3 weeks. Um he's like hitting a punching bag and just hoping it just busts. Like I mean, he's he's running angry. And yeah. um I think he continues, and the next few weeks, I think it's just a, it's just a trend uh, with the games that he has coming up. So I take he goes over the 16.3, considering the last three games, he has blown that projection out of the water.
0: I agree. I think they have deployed a new method with Josh Jacobs, and I think it's called production by volume. Because you look at the first three weeks of the season, very inconsistent usage, but nothing compared to the four games or three games after that, right? So you've had you had 11 touches in week one, 20 touches in week two, 18 touches in week three, and then all of a sudden it jumps up and he has 33 touches in week four, yep. 26 touches in week five, and 23 touches last week. So evidently they got smart and said, man, you know, if we give this guy the ball more than we have been, Eventually he's finding a hole and he's doing something crazy with it. So volume keeps going, I think the numbers keep going. Twenty nine, twenty-five, thirty-three. That's a that's an absurd fantasy streak right there. It really is. I think if anybody was gonna get a Saquon esque product or a prediction, projection, it would have been Jacobs. I think I think he's gonna clear sixteen three
1: exactly i agree i'm right with it so now we move on to this week's projections for the week uh rodney where you want to start us off man for week eight in the fantasy football league uh where we at
0: well since you asked me let's just go to my game while i've got it up in front of me right here all right in against red solo cup projections are pretty tight We're on the other side of a Thursday night game. Baltimore and Tampa Bay have already already fought it out. Everybody knows those results already. But Chris Godwin, half a point under his projection. So the projection total has stayed pretty tight. I got to be honest. I don't think I have a shot. I've got way too many uncertainties. Now, I've got potential. You know, George Pickens is a freak. He could he could have a big day, but it's against Philly. It's unlikely. They dude, Philly's good. defense;
1: their corners are solid.
0: I think Kenny Pickett could uh, easily throw six interceptions. <laughs> so, there's uh, that. I think his last name. Do you remember the kicker? His name was Blewett. What? There was a kicker last year, the year before. His name was Blewett. I'm like, what kind of name for a kicker is that? He's never. Fate is against him. He's never going to be successful. Dude, never name, like Blewett. Well. It dawned on me. Kenny Pickett is really is named after an interception, man. Come yeah. on. So and he's already thrown like eight Kenny or nine Pickett. interceptions. He's through he's throwing a lot of picks. So and it, you know, counting on pickets to throw to pick ends, I don't know how much I want to bank on that, man. It's just like some bad voodoo against it. Dude. But nonetheless, Pickens has the talent. So there's potential, but yeah, just looking at looking at Casey's team, he he should beat me this week there yeah. it should it shouldn't be this should not be my second win of the year but the way my year's gone wins i thought i should have gotten i didn't so it wouldn't surprise me i've i've just given up projecting my own games so i'm going to give it to casey just because from top to bottom his team has way less question marks about it way more solid on paper and that's that's really my analysis of it
1: yeah i agree i'm right with you man i just think i mean you're good you're really good top 3 uh, Josh Allen, Etienne Walker. Uh, Pollard even in my flex. Is yeah, Pollard good. even in your flex is, is really stout. But he has Devontae Adams in his mm-hmm. flex too. So I think that's almost a wash this week. Um, if – like Devontae, I think is he was questionable. Yeah, he still is questionable. Um, so that might factor in a little bit. But, I mean, he, he's got guys that he can shuffle into that spot. Mm-hmm. He's got Terry McLaurin he can put there. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty stout. Um, but yeah, I think Red Solo Cup wins this week. Um, I want you to win, Rodney. I need mm-hmm. you to win, just to you know have everything come back to to the center. You know, come mm-hmm. back to the rest of the league. Uh, because if Red Solo Cup wins, that's that's almost uh, that's almost close to a shoe into the playoffs. Sure. Um, he might have one foot in. Uh, I think Cooper sure. Cup
0: decides this game.
1: Um, absolutely. And, you know, San Francisco, other than last week, San Francisco's defense, passing-wise, it's been pretty solid. But, uh, I I like Red Solo Cup in this one. But Cup, you know, the past few weeks, well, at least last week, the week before the bye, he only had 9.7 points. So, I mean... And
0: against San Francisco's defense, who knows? Here's my final projection. If Cup is... Under ten points, I win the game. Okay. Okay. Anything above ten, I think he wins the game. Yeah, because and and that position is what decides that that receiver position is what decides it.
1: Yeah, and Taysom Hill could obviously easily go off for thirty. So there's any moment he could go off for. Yeah, that's a chance. That's a chance. Um, Then from there, we're gonna go to uh, Jen, we We're gonna go to Barkley's Brawlers and run CMC. This is going to be a really good game this week. Um, it would have been even better if Debo was healthy. Um, but, Rodney, uh, what's your what's your uh, first thoughts when you look at this one? I
0: think this will be the game of the week. I honestly do. And as far as records are concerned, I think it's the best matchup on paper. Yep. Uh, as far as winning percentages go head-to-head. So, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a shootout. This one will come down. This will come down to quarterback. And you know, you got Jamar Chase with his injury that's going to obviously limit. Really? Joe Burrow, Did you have to bring that up right now? I'm sorry. I know the wound is still there. Oh my you're God. Still, you're still grieving. But honestly, I think it comes down to if Burrow stays hot, I mean, he can still do it with T. Higgins.
1: Hey, he needs if, to slow down this week. <laughs> yeah,
0: because you're going up against him. Uh. If Joe Burrow stays hot, I give the I give the matchup to, to Josh. His team is I mean, to have the depth he's got where Damian Pierce is on your bench. Come on, man. That's just all it needs to say right there. But I'm a believer in Jimmy and Caden this year. They've been killing it. I'm uh, I'm hoping Josh gets the win. Only for record's sake and it keeps everyone super tight. Jimmy's got a five and two record. If he wins, he pulls out to a a pretty close lock for playoffs. Yep. Kind of like Casey's position. So yep. Yeah, I, I wanna give this I'm gonna give this match to Jimmy just on the quarterback alone.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna give this matchup to to uh to Jimmy for the quarterback alone.
0: My bad. Scratch that. I'm gonna give this matchup to Josh <laughs> based on the quarterback <laughs> alone.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Josh too. I think it's really close with uh CMC and Barkley. I think they're almost a wash. Um I think where it gets different is Justin Jefferson and Brandon Ayuk. Unfortunately, mm. like I said, Debo's out this week. I think that's where the dip happens. Um and I just think I think Jefferson just against Arizona, Arizona's been pretty tight against against uh de- against you know, receivers. But uh but I think i mean it's justin jefferson he'll figure it out mm-hmm. and that's another uh,
0: thing hurting jimmy too by the way just to cut in if cousins does have a good day Jefferson's yeah. probably going to be the beneficiary of
1: that which will wash him out dude 100 percent. and then you got mixing uh against cleveland i mean they've been suspect to let up let up some points to running backs this week this year so um i just think i like run cmc on this week um also, I'm pulling for them just so like you said, they can they can bring everything back to um to the bottom. So us bottom feeders have a shot still. Team bottom um, feeders, let's go. Let's do it. Um then Take from taking over. Then from there, let's go um Las Vegas Wolfpack and savings interns. My question is, will Jason pull it off? Like will he finally come back? From I mean, he's had two losses in a row. Um, will, will Will he come back? He's had two two actually two weeks. The past two weeks, he's had at least only he's had just sixty a little over sixty points the past two weeks. So will he break sixty? Will he break sixty? I definitely think he
0: breaks sixty. I don't know that he beats Austin, and it's going to come down to the stud running backs that have just been combining for 50 points a week that's tough to overcome uh just looking he's had some good breaks go his way jay jason has because you've had uh, hubbard who's been ruled out which gives deontay foreman the totes so you have an all-out number one running back right there but you've also got zeke Elliott, who's been ruled out austin hasn't replaced him yet on his lineup we expect him to but Needless to say, Jason's had good breaks, but I just – I don't know matchup-wise that I'm a believer in those breaks still producing points. Atlanta's been good against the run, so who knows what Foreman looks like. And Dak Prescott, we just talked about Chicago's secondary. Who knows if they shut him down or not, but it's not looking favorable. But – they're going to be doing most of their damage on the ground. So I think, I think Pollard's the guy in that situation that has a great game. I'm not necessarily, I mean, Dak can get 15 points, but I mean, I don't see that winning you a game, a quarterback scoring 15 points. He's going to need to at least hit 90 in this
1: game to have a shot.
0: And I think he's going to struggle to do that.
1: Now, I think in this game, Trevor Lawrence, he might not have the game that he's been having over the past few weeks. Um, I mean, he's been pretty solid. um, But I don't know against Denver, that front, I don't know if he actually does well. Um, So it might help him. But this game might come down to the defenses. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you got the Buffalo Bills against Green Bay, which is, you know, they can't get it together right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers don't trust anybody except Aaron Jones. Um, And then you got the Cowboys, which they're playing against Justin Fields, which Justin Field can have a field day, uh, running the ball no. against <laughs> them. Hey, oh, uh, like but, but I do think, um, I do think, uh, Saban's interns is too much to overcome because mm. you got Derek Henry going against Houston, which we all know what the stud running backs this year have done against Houston. They have absolutely lit them up. Hmm. And it's only Derrick Henry, the king, Derrick Henry. I think he's going to take his crown back this week. Um, I think the 17 and a half might be a bit low. Um, So I think he just keeps on running like he's been. And uh, I, I really, there's no reason for me not to believe he don't go over 20 himself. Because you got Eckler went over 20. You got Jacobs went over 20. You got uh, um, Barkley went over 20. So, oh, wait, Barkley hadn't played him. That was against Tennessee. But he's had – they've had great running backs go crazy against them. So, that alone, I think, is what's going to separate it. But I think it does stay close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I do think uh, Jason's team is going to get more – in sixty, yeah, I think they'll get well over seventy. So, um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. But I do give it to 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 Austin's team, and he goes to five and three, and still has a chance to get in the playoffs. Man, good. That's Good. Jalen Waddle against
0: Detroit too should have a big game. So, bro, and in that that passing game get back on track this week. And I think Austin's
1: got too many weapons for Jason to overcome. Exactly. Um, next, we'll go to uh, my game. Um Will Thielen. And X marks the spot. Um, Roddy, man, this is 50-50 down the middle. Um, mm-hmm. It's really close. This might be one of the closest matchups of the week. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how them uh, projection people can get the exact number on a kicker. That's the number one kicker in fantasy. <laughs> uh, but for some reason dude they had it perfect eight point nailed it they yeah they nailed it they should have been a carpenter um so um you're on a roll tonight dude i'm trying i'm trying to keep it i'm trying to keep it going so well if you believe in the
0: project projecting uh analysts that much then you should really be confident about a win this week because they're projecting you to win 93 to
1: 91 and a half yeah that's that's too close for comfort though rodney too close. You don't trust them that much. I don't trust them that much. Uh, probably the only thing going good for me right now this week um, is that Diggs plays Jair Alexander at Green Bay against Green Bay, and I don't have to worry about Travis Kelsey. Um,
0: you really might... think? You really think they're going to be able to shut out Diggs?
1: Well, Jair Alexander's done pretty daggone good. If I can get, if Jair Alexander can slow down Scary Terry. With his guy Heineke, I think I got a Are shot.
0: you comparing Scary Terry and Heineke to Josh Allen and Diggs for real?
1: I, I know. I might just be blowing smoke right I think now. You're,
0: I think you're wishfully thinking.
1: I probably am wishfully thinking. But I do think uh if, it's gonna be a good matchup either way. I mean, he had a bye, he had a bye week and he's still the number one wide receiver in fantasy. I'm pretty sure he
0: scored a touchdown <clears> on <throat> the bye week, didn't
1: he? <laughs> That's how good of a season Dude, this man's had. He probably did, man. I mean, it's been ridiculous. He's got three, four, five. He's got six touchdowns in just six weeks. I mean, it's been – other than Eckler, he's been phenomenal. Eckler has eight touchdowns in six weeks. But, uh, unfortunately, I don't have Eckler this week. Or Jamar Chase.
0: Yeah, you guys – are. yeah, rest in peace. You guys are both – Missing key players. Uh, this thing is gonna—it's gonna come down to the wire. Um, Jalen Hurts has a phenomenal matchup against Pittsburgh. That is a good thing for you. Yeah. Which may end up deciding the game. Aaron Jones going up against Buffalo is very fortunate for you. Even though I think he clears the projection, it's—it's it's a good possibility he gets stuffed. So you've got some things working in your favor. Najee Harris—he ain't—he ain't cutting it no matter who he plays, but certainly not against Philly. If this is the game he goes off, then then I quit at projecting anything on a fantasy level because <laughs> that would make zero sense. If there's ever a game he was going to be stuffed, it'd be in this game against Philly and the way their defense is played. But I'll tell you what, um, with no A.J. Terrell in Atlanta, I think D.J. Moore's poised for another good game.
1: Dude, I really do. I think so, too.
0: So he got back on track against Tampa Bay, had a decent game. I think he and PJ keep that going when they travel to Atlanta, and uh, I, I'm kind of I'm going to hang with the projections here. I think I think you you eke this one out as the roster sits. Now, if you make any trades over the next couple of days, obviously it's gonna it's gonna change things. But I think as it sits, I give you the win.
1: Yeah, um, there's a good chance trades might come down for my team just because I feel like I I lost a, a gaping hole. You did. You definitely not having and having Jamar Chase go down for ten to, for four to six weeks, and not having Eckler this week, it kind of, kind of might push me to do something. So there's a good chance that might happen. Yeah, Yeah. and you're (laughs)
0: definitely in a must-win scenario here. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, my playoff hopes definitely took a hit. But um, next we'll go uh to um Prison Mike's Dementors, and Cooking with Lamar. Um. This right here. Um Rodney. Uh I think uh Timothy, uh Mr. Cooking with Mamar is gonna win this week. Um I don't think Jake has a problem with that. Obviously he and I <laughs> he and I are, I are
0: contending for the uh the number one overall pick sweepstakes. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think he wants to win. Not that he's putting a bad lineup in at all, but you got Bateman who fortunately for Jake had an injury and put up a blank. And unfortunately for Bateman, you know, it's going to sideline him for who knows how long.
1: He can't stay healthy.
0: I know. He's he's had a tough stretch of luck here. And uh, just Tim's team top to bottom. Crazy. Tyreek Hill playing against Detroit. I predict that's going to be a pretty big – Big scoring game there, and then I think he's going to go over the hill on that one. Oh (laughs) man, you're on it tonight. Devontae Smith against Pitt that could be a big game, and who knows what JT does. But he's got Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin Cook, two very, very capable running backs, they could put up big numbers any given week. And Philly's defense against Pittsburgh, I think they at least get a pick six. And I'm gonna call three interceptions out of Kenny Pickett.
1: Oh wow, dude. I' gonna say
0: I'm gonna say Philly puts up at least 20 points
1: as a defense. Wow. And I do think uh, Dalvin Cook stays in the kitchen. I think he keeps it hot. I think he keeps cooking. So um, so I do think I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna go bold here. I, it might not be actually that bold due to his projection. Projections, but I do think cooking with Lamar this week scores the most points out of any team. Oh,
0: wow, that is a bold prediction because you got you got some uh, some teams that are poised to go off like your run CMCS and your Barclays Brawlers and stuff.
1: I think due to the fact that he has Travis uh, Hill this week, and he's got JT and Cook and Philly. Can easily go off. I think I think they'll have the number he'll have the number one scoring team this week. So that's my bold project prediction of the week. Um so yeah. So I, I think that's all of them, man. That it, Ronnie.
0: That's it. We got them all.
1: That's it, man. So, so that's your bold prediction of the
0: week. Good That's deal. my
1: bold prediction of the week. I think we'll see with if it Lamar pays off,
0: Cotton. goes off. What? I said, let's see if it pays off, Cotton. It's a dodgeball reference. Oh, okay.
1: Sounds good, man.
0: So, hey, guys, we really appreciate y'all being with us this week. Looking forward to week eight games wrapping up, seeing how the playoff hunt is going to shake out and everything. Next week, reminder, we've got team manager from Prison Mike's Dementors, Jake Sweat, going to be right here on the podcast with us, so you want to tune in for that. Other than that, good luck in your games this week. Good luck, guys. Looking forward to seeing y'all back here. Next week, talking to you all about week eight results and week nine projections. Until then, peace out. Have a great week.